Love Talk Radio. Which was the uh, Shawn Michaels interview, but uh, 
<laughs> you know, in all the time, the two years that you've been doing it, who would you say would be, if you could pick one or even maybe a couple, who was your favorite interview so far? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, well, Shawn Michaels was, was, was a, like a pleasant surprise. Um, we had Shawn Michaels, and we actually had him on for about 45 minutes. And I always thought of Shawn Michaels as somebody that had a bit of an ego, somebody that probably would give us like a quick like six, seven-minute interview. As a matter of fact, I was surprised that our producer, Mike Larker, was actually able to produce, you know, to get Shawn Michaels to come on the air. Um, but he was probably, I would probably say, one of our best interviews that we've had. He was very insightful. You could tell he still has a love for the sport, was a fan before he became a wrestler, uh, which is rare, believe it or not. Um but I would probably say that Shawn Michaels was, you know, probably our best interview and probably the favorite wrestler I got to speak to. I'm a huge Ric Flair fan. So, um, for me, my favorite one would probably be Ric Flair just because I'm a, I'm a huge mark for Ric Flair. And But Shawn Michaels is a close second. But I will say this about Shawn Michaels. I've always said on our show, and if you listen to our, our show, you know this, uh, no, I'm not – taking anything away from Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is great. He's, you know, a top yeah. ten wrestler. Of course. But I of do course. believe in my heart of hearts that he's overrated. A lot of people think he's the best of all time, and that's just not true. I mean, Shawn Michaels is a great wrestler, but he is not the best of all time. He's not even close to the best of all time. Um, if I was to make a list of top ten wrestlers, he'd probably be seven or eight. So a lot of people think he's one or two. And, and by saying that, you know, I'm not saying he's not great. He obviously is, but he is overrated. And I've said that no. on the show many, many times. So when I had Shawn Michaels on the air, I had to tell Shawn Michaels, obviously, about all the things that I've said. And I had to bring up the fact that I thought he was overrated and that Ric Flair was much better than he was. So that was a probably a memorable moment on Busted Open. Dave, let me ask you, since you brought up Ric Flair, what did you think of his promo this past uh, week? On TNA. Well, you know, I, I, I'll say this about Ric Flair, and you bring up that promo, and I know a lot of people liked it. A lot of people thought it was funny. You know, I, I have a problem with Ric Flair's career so far in TNA, and it's and awesome. it goes, it, it, yeah, and I, but I think you know Flair has something to do with it. But I think TNA, you know, or Impact Wrestling has something to do with it. Um. You know, they, you know, Ric Flair, to me, is the greatest wrestler of all time. And they don't really have him at, on that plateau. Like, Definitely the way not. that they treat Hulk Hogan on that show is much different than the way that they, they, they treat Ric Flair. And, you know, Ric Flair, to me, has just become a character or a caricature of, of himself. Like, you know, WWE gave him the ultimate send-off. They gave him a three-day send-off. They gave yeah. him the Hall of Fame ceremony. They gave him WrestleMania 24, and then they gave him the Raw the night after. And to me, you know, we obviously all know as fans, and it kind of just came out about all the money that he owes, you know, to the IRS, to different companies, you know. He needs the money. So I understand why he went to TNA. He needs the money. But uh, his career, it's not been a classic footnote in his career, his, so far his tenure with TNA. Well, you know, I was watching it. I mean, I'm going to get into this a little bit later because it's actually one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, but since Joe brought it up, um, you know, I I definitely think that Ric Flair is obviously up there. To me, 
my personal opinion. I think it's inarguable, and this is I, I would super kick sweet chin music, leg drop, whatever to anybody who disagrees, you included. But to me, I think that Hogan is is the greatest of all time, not as a wrestler at all because he's an awful wrestler, but in terms of uh, name recognition and what he did for the for the business. And then to me, right after is Ric Flair. I would agree with you that Flair is probably the greatest wrestler of all time and probably the greatest overall um, ever. But to me, I've always seen it Hogan and Flair one and two. Do you think that the reason that Hogan is so much more uh, important in TNA, is it because of the fact that he's helping run the ship? Or is it just the fact that Flair's legacy is in the wrong hands? When he was in WCW at the very tail end with Vince Russo running it, I mean, he was having heart attacks in the middle of the ring and they were invading his house and they were doing all these horrible angles. And I actually thought Ric Flair died in the middle of the ring at one point. I remember when they did that whole thing and they carted him out. So do you think it's just the fact that uh, Hogan is running the show and it's not Flair, or is it just that only the WWE knows how to really give Flair the importance that he deserves? Well, you know, it's funny. if you And I'm sure you read Ric Flair's book. And, you know, and I know that was from about seven, eight years ago, his book. But the two things that you get out of reading that book was the two people he probably hated more than anyone in the business was probably Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff. <laughs> and here he is in TNA working with Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff. Um, and I think they've done – and listen, I don't know if they have something personal against against Ric Flair. And, and I understand what you're saying about Hulk Hogan. And it's funny with Hulk Hogan. I don't really know how much control Hulk Hogan really has or how much input Hulk Hogan really has. From what I hear, Hulk Hogan goes to the Universal Studios in Orlando. He tastes the segments that he needs to tape and then he's out the door. I don't really know how much creative input Hulk Hogan really has, but we know that Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff really do have a lot of And I don't know if it's, they have something personal against him, but to me, they make him re- look ridiculous week after week, whether it's, you know, bleeding on his way to the ring, you know, getting embarrassed. <laughs> Even in the, and if, you, if you look at it, he had that match with Jay Lethal. Not only did Jay Lethal make him a bloody mess, but he beat. Ric Flair with the figure four leg lock. And it's like, I don't even think the WWE in, the, in his worst days would have that happen to him. So I, I don't know if it's something personal about Ric Flair, but um, it's just, they've embarrassed him. And listen, I, I just think it's a disgrace what they did because he is a living legend. And listen, I, and I hear what you're saying about Hulk Hogan. I don't agree with you about Hulk Hogan, but I do agree with you the fact that it's always going to be the, the, the argument that wrestling fans have, and it's going to be Flair 1, Hogan 2, Hogan 1, Flair 2. Right, right, right. You, you know, so in that, in that respect, I won't disagree with you. You know, I can understand people saying that Hogan's number one. I Obviously, I think Flair's number one. But they haven't treated, you know, Ric Flair like he's a one or a number two. And that's the problem that I have with the tenure of, you know, Flair on uh, on Impact Wrestling or TNA. And and actually, you know, you guys have me on at 9 o'clock, and Impact Wrestling is on as we speak. And I don't know if I should be upset about that or I should, or should, I should praise you guys for, you know, doing me a favor so I don't actually have to watch the show. You know, I have a show tomorrow, so we're going to have to actually talk about it. But it, I'm sure you guys watched the show last week. It was last oh. week. Last week's show, was, not only was it awful, and you're right, it was, but it might have been one of the worst wrestling shows I have ever seen. And I don't even know if you can call it wrestling at this point. You know, we used to complain about WWE 
not showing enough wrestling and having three-minute matches. But, boy, have things turned around in the last year. I mean, on SmackDown and on Raw, you're getting 13, 15-minute matches. And then I'm watching, you know, TNA Impact last week, and I'm getting a two-and-a-half, three-minute match with Rob Van Dam and AJ Styles. I'm getting a main event where there's, you know, three female run-ins, you know, a, a belt spot and a, and a ref bump. It's ridiculous how bad that show has gotten over the last year and a half. It's amazing. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, and this this is actually going to be my last question to you, but I'll save the actual question part. But since you mentioned uh, the product, it was so bad that I was watching it and my wife was on the computer and I'm, I'm watching uh, the show and she starts looking at it. She starts looking at what's going on with Winter and they're drinking blood or whatever. And, you know, Ric Flair and his rambling, nonsensical promos. And she goes, I don't ever want this to be seen in this house ever again. I never want yeah. you to see TNA in this house. It was so bad that my wife literally banned it from being shown in my home. Now, your wife's a smart woman. And, you know, because it's even like the, the Flair segment behind, you know, backstage with Sting, it was is it was embarrassing. You actually saw somebody running, an extra running through the set. It was just, it was it was ridiculous. So your wife's a smart woman for banning TNA from the household. Do you think, Dave, it's a bad sign? Because I noticed last week that TNA uh, now has a sponsor on the ring turnbuckle. That car insurance company is that a good side or a bad side for them? You know, it's it's. It's funny, but, you know, I, I noticed that at the pay-per-view. At the pay-per-view, they had, uh, you know, I guess it's direct insurance. And, it, you know, it was on the ring apron, and it's, and it's on the turnbuckles. I, it really gives you the, that minor league feeling. Like, when you're watching TNA, it doesn't seem like you're watching, like, a major league performance. It looks like you're watching an indie show. And right. it's amazing how – and it's and it's and it's everything. It's, you know, the – the direct insurance on the turnbuckle and the ring apron. And it's, it's, it's the, you know, the 500 people in the crowd. It's the piped in noise. Uh, it's the lack of wrestling. It, it, it really does seem like it's a minor league promotion. So I would looks, say in that, to answer your question, I, I would think that's a bad sign. You know, it's interesting because uh, I was, again, I was watching last week and I said the same thing. I'm like, man, this looks so minor league. It looks bootleg, except when the guys are wrestling for the most part. But they had these weird camera angles and these, these strange shots. And it looks like, uh, you know, I was filming it with, with my home camera. And, you know, I, I've got to ask this question since we're, we're getting so deep into TNA. Dave, if I put you in charge of that company in, I guess, as brief as possible, because you could probably spend an hour uh, talking about it. Can you tell me you're you're in control, you're the owner. How do you fix TNA? I guess as quickly as possible, but but how could you fix that company and not make it as embarrassing and just just as, as awful as it is? I know you have guys who call your show like Pat from New Jersey. I know Pat loves TNA. I've spoken to Pat, you know, through the Facebook. I know he loves it, but for the most part, I think most wrestling fans agree that TNA is terrible. So, how would you how would you fix that? Um, I would I would blow it up and just start over. Like, I would literally, like, just not saying that you have to get rid of everyone, but on the creative side, I think, you know, I think Russo has to go. Um, I think Bischoff has to go. Um, I, you got to get the heavyweight championship belt off the sting. Uh, you can have a storyline leading to a, you know, a Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, sting matchup. I mean, 
Uh, I, I, I really honestly believe you have to blow it up and just start over. I mean, you're going to, at some point, and listen, I know you're going to have to take a hit if you do that because then there will be no name, you know, wrestlers on TV and in your company. But could it get in worse than it is now? Can the ratings get any lower than they are right now? I think the best thing to do is just blow it up. And I don't know if you saw, uh, you know, JBL was a a guest on the Honky Tonk Man podcast. And JBL actually said he he can't believe that Vince Russo has a job in professional wrestling. I mean, you know, if you look at, and I, you know, I don't know how old you guys are, but I was a huge fan of WCW. In the 90s, I was a bigger fan of WCW than I was of the WWF. And when Vince Russo came into that company in 98, he took what I thought was some of the best wrestling I've ever seen and made that into the worst company I have ever seen. In a, in a, in a span of uh, just a couple of years, that was embarrassing, that company, to watch. I right. think that company was hot in 96, 97, and even most of 98. That company was hot. It was great. And by, the, by 2000, it was abysmal. And the only uh-huh. guy I can point to is Vince Russo. Right. I agree with you, Dave, that you'd have to blow it up at this point because uh, there's just so much going so much wrong with it. I think you need to make AJ Styles the center point of your company because he's young, he's fresh. And I agree with you, too, that Nitro was great when they started off those um, those shows with a great lightweight or a great, you know, cruiserweight match just to get you hooked. And then they started with the different storylines with the, you know, with the main event people. Yeah, and, and listen, and in TNA's defense, I will say this, and, we got, and, I, and I'll say it, and I'll compare it to like an NFL team, or not even an NFL team, I'll compare it to baseball. You know, the New York Yankees can go out and sign a big-name free agent, and if it doesn't work out, they're fine. You know, and I'll compare the Yankees to the WWE, but if the Pittsburgh Pirates sign a big-name free agent and it doesn't work out, there's huge ramifications. And it takes a long time for them to recover. And I think that that's, the TNA is kind of like the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they brought in Matt and Jeff Hardy, hoping that would turn things around. And obviously, both those guys didn't pan out. Now there's, you know, rumors that Jeff Hardy's going to be making his return. But obviously, you know, obviously Matt Hardy is gone. He was fired from the company just a few days ago. And, you know, Jeff Hardy had that horrible performance at Victory Road back in March. And he's been suspended. I, you know, those are two big name, big name free agents that they thought was going to take the company to the next level, and neither guy panned out. And I don't think they've ever recovered from that. Well, truthfully, you know, they every free agent they've brought in here, whether it's Kurt Angle, whether it's you know Mick Foley, RVD, none of those guys as good as they are. And Angle's, I'm not even a fan of Kurt Angle. I never have been, but he's one of the best in the business. There's no doubt. On his worst day, he's better than 90% of the of the talent out there. But the truth is that any guy they brought in, Christian at the time, it doesn't matter who, they haven't been able to take the company to the next level because it's not about just the one guy. It's about, um, you know, the entire company as a whole really really going forward. And you mentioned Matt and, and Jeff, so i, I got to ask you this. I was listening to another radio show yesterday, and, uh, you know, this person mentioned your show. He, uh, he mentioned that, you know, he talked about Rebby Sky, and he talked about how the Matt Hardy situation. And, and I actually wrote in an email, and I told him, you know, uh, this is the show, and, you know, Doug and Dave, and, you know, they know Rebby. She was on the show because he, he, he mentioned that she was still on there. 
Now, my question is, have you have you at all talked to Rebby recently? I know she has all these things going on with Matt. I, I recently read something on the Internet to the effect that um, she answered some questions from fans, and she was saying that she was tired of the lying and the uh, – the you know the enablers and the problems and the headaches and stuff. So, do you have any any idea as far as what's going on with her in terms of this whole Matt Hardy fiasco? Well, I mean, I I, I talk to Rebby on almost a daily basis, and I spoke to her actually last night. And you know, and I, and and Matt, I haven't talked to though. He texted me about an hour or so ago, and he said he's doing fine, and um, you know, he's doing better, and. You know, Rebby said, you know, she's just trying to get past this. And, you know, listen, you know, I I mean, I don't know how much I can say about either one. I mean, Rebby, um, I know I've met Matt several times, and in it, and I, I don't see this side of, you know, what everyone talks about. You know, every time I, I've been with Matt, he's been fine. He hasn't been this crazy drunk Matt that everyone seems to think that he is. But, but then again, you know, obviously he has his problems and his demons. Um, it, you know, it's uh, you know I don't know what the next step is. Rebby's doing fine with Lutra. She's got a big match this weekend in Albuquerque. It's a hard rock there, and she's kind of focused on her career. And you know, I guess with Matt, he just you know he, he's got to get his priorities. He, he obviously needs a little help, and and hopefully he'll get that. But. Um, you know, as far as what his future is going to be, I think he just needs to to focus on his health and his well-being right now and then, you know, kind of worry about his career later. I think we've agreed on mostly everything that you've said so far, Dave, but i got to say you might need the help on the next question because I hear that you are not in love with the guy, but you are like <laughs> head over heels with Randy Orton. I don't understand why. Just tell the pure goal audience because – me and Dave, this day right here, just can't stand the guy. The the less he talks, the better in my eye. I just think he's the worst. He's scum. I mean, you even hear stuff about the backstage stuff that he's just like a guy that throws temper tantrums. I mean, get this guy off the show. He should be in TNA. Who, Randy Orton? Randy Orton. Uh, well, I always say I have a love affair with Randy Orton. Um... <laughs> Uh, but but I'll say, I'll say this. I think, you know, obviously you guys are going to disagree with me, but I think Randy Orton, you know, as far as in-the-ring ability, is, is either number one or number two in the WWE right now. Now, I understand what you're saying about the backstage, and I heard that he put temper tantrums, and he's a big reason why, you know, Ken Anderson got fired and, uh, you know, a couple other wrestlers as well, and, and listen, I know he's not the greatest on the mic, and but I mean, worst. guys, I would say he's the worst. I mean, there's been worse than Randy Orton on the mic. How about John Morrison? Okay, yeah, <laughs> all right. They're, uh, they're right, definitely bad. <laughs> Ray Mysterio. I mean, oh, there are there are oh. guys that are worse. There are guys that are worse than Randy Orton on the mic. But Randy Orton, you know, is not asked to do a lot on the mic. Actually, you know who I'll say is worse than Randy Orton on the mic? Christian. Christian oh, is not good on the mic. Oh, come on. You know, I, I was doing these questions before, you know, I was setting this up, and this is part. Of, this is the, the next part of it, but I got to throw this in there. I need to know what it is that you hate or you don't like about Christian, because I look at him, I look at Edge, and, you know, I, again, I listen to you and Doug on a regular basis, and you both agree on this, 
You both think that Orton stinks on the microphone, granted. And I think that Joe and I live in another universe because the two I can count on one hand the amount of people that, that loathe Randy Orton. And it's the two of us, my brother, one of our other regular guests, and, and somebody else who writes for a wrestling website. But everybody thinks that Randy Orton is the greatest. I just don't understand your, your dislike for Christian because, to me, I think he, I think he's underrated overall as a total package. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I know you don't like the guy, but, but yeah. come on. I know it's not that I don't like the guy. Listen, we had Christian on our show, um, I guess about a month, month and a half ago, and, yeah. and and it was a good interview. He gave a lot of information, but and it's funny, but he's just he he doesn't have a lot of energy. Like I love when people say he's underrated. How is Christian? Tell me what is it about Christian that is underrated? All right, I'll tell you honestly, and this is you're obviously going to disagree with me on this, but I look at him and I look at Edge, and I've I've never seen I like Edge, don't get me wrong, and I think Edge is great, but I've never seen why he's held on such a high pedestal in comparison to Christian in in ring ability. I think Christian is a, is a super, is better than him as far as a wrestler, and yeah, Edge may be better in terms of microphone skills, but I've never neither one of them is is a big guy, neither one of them is, is jacked up. They both look like uh, you know. What was it that Nash said? They look like fry cooks at a Waffle House for the most part. So I don't, I don't think that there's that much of a difference overall package from him and Edge. But Edge is like an 87-time world champion and the only guy ever to really capitalize on money in the bank and, and stay in the main event because of the money in the bank. So he's obviously had a super successful career. But I, personally, I just don't see it. And I listen to you guys, and I rip you guys on your Facebook page all the time. I just don't get it. I don't get the... The Christian isn't that good thing. I just don't get it. Well, I, I, well, I will say this: you you ripped Doug on the Facebook page. I don't think you really ripped me as much. But um, <laughs> well, as far as well, let me ask you this: Is Christian? If are people going to buy a ticket to a show for Christian? You mean other than me and Joe? I, you know, you know what gets me is, and I understand what you're saying, and I, ultimately that's kind of what it all comes no, down. No, I don't. wait, 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 wait. Are people other than <laughs> you, Joe? Are people going to buy a ticket to a show for Christian? No, but I don't understand why people buy tickets to see Randy Orton other than to throw garbage at him. That's what I don't understand. Well, have you enjoyed the program of Christian and Randy Orton? I have enjoyed it, but that's mostly because of Christian. I, I don't think that Orton is that great, and, and he's probably better than I give him credit for in terms of in-ring ability, but I've enjoyed the program so much because, to me, Christian, with, with the lack of talent on SmackDown, Christian should be in the main event, and I think that you know he belongs, at least where he is, he belongs there. Not a five-day title reign, not a three-week title reign, and Randy getting 50 more title reigns, but you know I, I think that that program has been great, and it, it shows that it's a throwback to the old-school you know, eight-month programs that you used to see that you grew up watching and that we grew up watching in the 80s. I just think that, and listen, I, I don't dislike Christian, but I just don't think Christian is a main event talent. And and he just doesn't have, and it's funny, that, you, know, they, what they, you know, his nickname, uh, because I just don't think he has the charisma that comes across on the mic or comes across in the ring. Listen, he's he's he is a very good in-ring performer. There's no doubt about it. And this program he's had with Randy Orton has been amazing. They have great chemistry together. But I just don't think he has the pop and the sizzle to be a main event talent. And 
you know, and I will say this about Randy Orton. I think that um, there it's a dangerous slope with Randy Orton just for the fact that, like, he has become a super, almost like a super Cena. Like, that our people, it, it, they're using it way too much, and they're making him almost indestructible. And that could be dangerous. You know, he's got he's to lose a little bit. And, you know, we'll see what happens with this angle they're having with Mark Henry. But um, oh, I do please. agree with you on that, that, you know, it could get dangerous if he keeps on winning all the time. Yeah, Mark. Please, let's not, the less you mention Mark Henry, the better, because that guy's been in, that guy's been in the company what fifteen years, and I've never understood it. He he's awful. I don't even know how Orton is going to carry him to a good match, but I guess we'll kind of see where that goes. But I have one more question. Um, in terms of you just said something, so it makes me uh, think of something else. Who would you say does have the pop and sizzle to be a main event talent in the WWE that's not there? I know you don't like the Miz, but is there anybody who's not there that you think could be there and has that ability? Uh, wow, that's a question. Uh, you know, well, I, it's funny. I mean, uh, would you say Sheamus has been a main event talent? I, I think so, personally. I think Sheamus should be there. I think he has that talent. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like Sheamus a lot. Sheamus could be someone that, you know, could carry the company. Um, you know, good to see CM Punk in that position. And you're right, I wasn't a big fan of the Miz in that position. Um, if I was to say it, I, I would probably think that Sheamus could be a guy that you could put the title around, and he could be a face. He could be, you know, he could be a heel. So I think probably Sheamus is that guy. Would you say Sheamus you know, is also you know, you know, underutilized in the WWE? What's that? Would you say he's also underutilized in the WWE? Um, yeah. I think he's underutilized. Another guy that I think could be a main event talent, believe it or not, you know, is Daniel Bryan. That's an interesting one. I mean, he's got the he's got the in ring ability, definitely. But size wise, you know, the w, other than Rey Mysterio, the WWE doesn't typically push um, that size wrestler. I know you had him on your show a couple like a week back, and uh, I mean, I guess I could see it, but I can't imagine him actually cashing in that title shot and winning. I think I think before it's all said and done, you're going to see him as a heel. I think he will work better off as a heel. And and he just said something that kind of surprised me. And he said about the the build. Uh, I think most of the wrestlers that the WWE has showcased has been, you know, guys with smaller builds. I mean, look at CM Punk. You know, look at even like a Randy Orton. I wouldn't say was a huge guy. I mean, not. You know, The Miz is somebody that they had in that main <laughs> event who's not a big guy. Your, your you know, favorite guy. To like, even going back to, like, a Chris Jericho or Shawn Michaels. So there's been a lot of guys. You know, WWE, I think it's wrongly accused of only pushing big guys. But if you look at the last dozen years or so, I mean, they've really focused on the smaller guys in the WWE. No, no the reason I say that, and, and that's a good point, but the reason I say it is because look at who's mostly carried the company. I mean, even going back to the 80s, you had Hulk Hogan carried the, basically the entire 80s. Hogan was, was enormous. Cena is... What, he's like 6'5", you know, I don't know, 400 pounds or whatever he is of solid muscle. He's as huge as it comes. Um, Triple H is a big guy. The Rock isn't super cut, but he was, a, you know, he's 6'5". Austin was a pretty built guy. You know, it wasn't guys who were under six feet. And, yeah, you have your Shawn Michaels. Yes, you have your Bret Hart, um, you know, typically in the down periods of the business. But the guys they've really, really, you know, Diesel, the guys they've really pushed over the course of the history of the company has usually been – 
bigger guys for a longer period of time. No, I agree with you, but I think I think over the last ten years, and probably seen as the, the exception, I think there's been probably more smaller guys than there's been bigger guys with the title. If you if you look at it, if you look at the Miz, you look at CM Punk, you look at Randy Orton. Well, you know Randy Orton, you know, has definitely has some size. I just don't think it's always been just big guys that they've pushed. Right. Do you, Do you also think that? We're in the John Cena era right now. I mean, I thought that with Triple H taking over the company in the storylines, at least, uh, we we would uh, enter the Triple H era. But it seems like we're still in the John Cena era. And the reason why I say that, too, and this might sound a little anal, but they still use that <laughs> spinner belt. And I think that's John Cena's belt on loan for anybody else that wants or, or you know wants to go for it. So I think that until they change that belt, until they change a couple other things, I think that we're still in the John Cena era. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think we're going to sit on John Cena until they find another face that can take his place. And right now in the WWE, there's a lack of faces. I mean, you know, who who's a face in that company could, that could take over for Cena? Right. I mean, I mean, I, I mean I'm I'm asking, is, is there somebody that you can think could take Cena's place as the face of the company? I think the only guy, the only guy that I could see really. I guess Sheamus, I mean, I saw him on Conan O'Brien the other day, and he was great. He's very charismatic. Um, you know, I think he's, he's got that ability. Um, but, you know, typically, I mean, how many non-Americans have really been in that position to, to be the face of the company? I can't think of any personally, except for Brett, who was Canadian. But, I mean, Brett was never great on the microphone. Um, maybe maybe Punk. I mean, Punk has the ability, but is the, and you've talked about this in your show is the mainstream audience going to really buy into Punk? The, the internet fans, the guys like us, the hardcore wrestling fans, we think it's great. I mean, this is the most interesting that the WWE has been in God knows how long. I mean, it, we've, we've ragged on, since we started this show, what, nine months, eight, nine months ago, we've ragged on the WWE almost nonstop until recently where it's actually made me sit there and watch the entire show from beginning to end, interested what's going to happen. So... Unfortunately, I, I guess like Joe said, and even like you said, until they get rid of that belt, they keep calling it the undisputed title, but they need to get rid of that belt. Uh, and until they find somebody else, which I guess, I mean, I can only imagine those two guys, unfortunately, we're going to be in the John Cena era. And I know that Cena does all the make-a-wish stuff and all that, and he's great when it comes to that. But I just, what I see in the ring and what I see his promos and stuff, it just bugs me. Him being in the title picture drives me nuts. You know, he loses two pay-per-views in a row, and he's still in the title picture. I mean, I have nightmares about this. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying, and I fight with it myself, too. But here's the but here's the thing, and you just said it. You know, John Cena does the Make the Wish Foundation, and the kids love him. And, and you know what? Who else are you going to have do those things? I mean, you know, you got, you know they the have... Man. The other title is around Randy Orton's waist. Randy Orton's not the guy... That the kids are going to fall in love with. He's a not the guy that you can have be a, you know be the voice of your company. It's not going to be Randy Orton. So if you're going to have Randy Orton have one title, then you got to have a guy like John Cena with the other title. Well, I mean, the things we've heard, the things I've seen. I mean, Orton seems like it's like a dirtbag. I know he made some comments recently about Kelly Kelly about her sleeping around in the locker room that he had to retract, and you know, I just like I said, the, the well, he's talking- not the first priest. He's not the first person to say that, by the way. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean... There's other people that have implied that as well. So is it the smart thing to do? No, but that's why they don't put him as the face of the company. 
I think it's actually something that he's admitted. Uh, he's admitted in interviews recently that that's why he's not in that spot because he's just not that kind of guy. And that's why CM Punk will never be in that spot either. Well, at least he can tell the kids don't get tattoos and don't do drugs, and the WWE can push that. <laughs> he, he is straight edge, so he can do the anti-drug campaign. That's true. Dave, I got to ask you this too. I always thought that bringing Albert Del Rio to Raw was a, a bad decision. I thought he's a good it's champion. Funny, he's a good world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. Their secondary show. Before you finish your question, what I what I think is funny was like. I'm guessing it's like nine twelve because we're about we're at like about nine thirty six Eastern right now, and I think it was like nine twelve, and I can't I can't remember which one of you it was, but I remember I remember looking at my clock and it was nine. One of you said, "This is my last question," and it's funny. I, I was like nine twelve. I mean, I was like, "They're gonna let me go already?" I've been on the air for about ten minutes, and here like 20 minutes later, but, uh, but, but, but go on. What, what's your question about Del Rio? Well, before he goes, actually what I said was that um, we were talking about TNA. I said this was going to be my last question, but I had to throw because we, we, we ended up talking about TNA, and that was going to be what, what we were, we were kind of figuring WWE and then TNA, but we kind of flipped it around. But, uh, Joe, if you could continue your question on Albert Del Rio. <laughs> you don't want to end it on TNA. That's a good point. I definitely don't. But I was saying about uh, Albert Del Rio, I just think that he would have been better on SmackDown and feuding with Randy Orton, better than having him on Raw, the, their their flagship show, and just having that storyline between John Cena, Triple H, and CM Punk develop even more. I just think that it's a little odd to have Albert Del Rio as your undisputed WWE champion. What do you think? Well, you know, it's 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 funny you say that because. You know, just about a year, even a little bit more than that. You know, we didn't have many storylines or many wrestlers involved in any storylines at all. Like it just seemed to be focused on one or two wrestlers. And you know, here we are. Like there's so many players in the main event picture. It's, I, I, I think right now in the WWE is a great time. This is probably to me the best time in the WWE in over ten years because Definitely. you have. You have Randy Orton, you have Christian, you have CM Punk, you have Alberto Del Rio, you have John Cena, you have all the, you know, you have the storyline with Nash and Triple H, you know, and Stephanie and, and Johnny Ace, and, you know, it's, it's there's so much going on right now that, that, it, that it's right. You're not going to be happy with anything. To me, I want to continue the angle with Christian and, and Randy Orton. I think we got great matches every time they stepped in the ring together. I would love for that feud to continue. I would love for, you know, Punk and Cena to continue because they've given us great matches, three great matches in a row, even including the one on Raw this past Monday. But you do have Alberto Del Rio, as, you know, in, in the picture. You have even, like, Daniel Bryan's got the briefcase. You know, at some point he's going to be in it. You know The Rock's coming back because, that's going to be your main event at the next at next year's WrestleMania. So, like right now is an exciting time because there's so many people involved, and you haven't had that in a in a very long time with the WWE. Which probably is, which probably leads me to my last question, honestly, Dave, because <laughs> this Dave right here, I don't know if he's full of it sometimes. But my last question is going to be: Do you think it was wise to make a main event match one year in advance? With John Cena and The Rock? Well, you know, at the time that they did it, I was like, 
I thought it was a bad idea, but, you know, I think I was proven wrong. Um, and we talked about it on Best Day Open. You know, last year's WrestleMania was not selling well at all uh, until announced Rock was going to be the host, and they announced that Stone Cold was going to be a special referee. Then tickets, you know, were flying. Um, you know, already, they sold out of their travel packages already. I mean, we're eight months away from WrestleMania, and and tickets are selling crazy, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's going to be, you know, Rock against Cena in Miami. So the fact that it's in Miami, the fact that it's dealing with the Rock, I think it was probably it was probably a good decision announcing it a year in advance. So you know that no matter what happens leading up to WrestleMania, it's not going to be Rito against Cena. It's not going to be Funk against Cena. You know, um, it, you're going to have to have other storylines, other other main event matches. And I think that's great. You already have Cena Rock. That's going to be on the cards. So just use your imagination. All the storylines that are going on right now and all the major players, all the players that are involved, just think about what the matches they possibly have for that card at WrestleMania 28. I think WrestleMania 28, when it's all said and done, is probably going to be the best WrestleMania in recent memory. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Now, I understand what you're saying as far as the whole, uh, you know, year in advance and everything. I just hate it because it, it paints them into the corner of that you have to make this match happen. To me, the unpredictability is what I like about WrestleMania. Joe and I usually start fantasy booking like in November, December. We start thinking, you know, we've been doing this for years. Um, you know, we've we've been, as friends, we've been watching wrestling, you know, together and just talking about it for like 15 years at this point. So we always fantasy book WrestleMania. And we'd love to know, you know, what's, what's going to happen. What are the possibilities? But now they're they're booking that Rock Cena, which I, I honestly don't want to see. I'd rather see Rock Punk or, or something else. But, you know, I'd rather see Cena face The Undertaker, to be honest, with the streak on the line and then Rock against Punk. But it's definitely interesting. And WrestleMania is absolutely going to be going to be exciting. So um, my my last so, question. No, sorry, wait, wait, before, so, you, before, you, no, before you ask that question, I totally disagree with you. And this is why. And, you know, and, and we've all complained about Cena. You know, with Ty He's Cena not- being in the title picture, with title, title. You're not going to have that at WrestleMania. It's going to be Cena Rock. So, you know, take Cena out of the equation. It's going to be And I'm telling you, it's not going to be, a title is not going to be on the Rock, and a title is not going to be with Cena. That's going to be a non-title. There's Neither one of those guys are going to have the title going into that match at WrestleMania. You don't need the title for that match. So I don't think when it's all said and done, Cena's not going to be involved in the title picture come WrestleMania 28. And that's a good thing. So that's why I think it's it's great that it's going to be Rock Cena. No, and I I don't want to see Rock Punk. And the reason I don't is because you're probably not going to see Rock in the ring after WrestleMania. So I think the best thing to do is have the icon of today against the icon of the 90s as as a match for WrestleMania. And I think every other match will have a storyline connected with it. So I think that's a good thing. Now, I agree with you on that point, and I understand. I just mean from, like, a a wrestling standpoint, I'd rather not see Roxena. And and if it's not a title match, then it's a great thing because that allows the title to be in other pictures because that's going to be the main event no matter what. 
I mean, it doesn't matter what else they have going on there. That is the main event, which people are going to pay to see. Um, they're not going to pay to see Christian Orton, you know, 75. But, you know, that that's another story. And, uh, you know, I have I have actually one last question, WWE. <laughs> um, speaking of the title, do you think it was a good idea to take it off of Punk so soon? I know you and Doug talked about how um, he doesn't need it and he's in, like, a bigger story. But technically, that story is revolving around him getting screwed out of the WWE title. So it's still about the, the title. You think it was a good idea to have Punk as champ basically for, like, three weeks and then, you know, give up the belt? Well... You know, let's not. This storyline is still developing, so you know, I don't know if if you could say Punk's out of the title picture yet. Yet, if he could have the match at Night of Champions, it doesn't look like it. But he's not out of this title picture. It's still evolving him. So uh, let's let's wait and see on this one. You know, a lot of times as wrestling fans, you know, we get very impatient. But you know, the best storylines are the ones with the slow burn. So let's see how this plays out. You mean you mean a slow burn like the raw GM? <laughs> yeah, you know, I still think it. I'm telling you guys, I still think at the end of the day, the raw GM is going to be Mick Foley. That's possible. I mean, you know, for all we know, it could end up being Kevin Knight. And uh, Joe keeps bugging me to ask you this question: Are you going to be at the Saturday uh, IWF event? Yes, I will be. I will be at the uh, IWS event, probably with my girlfriend and my daughter. So, yeah, I'll definitely be at the IWF event on Saturday. Even with Irene right around the corner? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's around the corner, but from what I hear, it's supposed to start Sunday and IWF event on Saturday night. So, I think yeah. it'll be safe. And I actually moved it up an hour because Kevin wants to make sure that people can go in there and check it out. Listen, you know, Doug, we, we really uh, – Appreciate are you. you guys gonna be? Are you guys gonna be at the IWF event? It's possible. I mean, I, I don't know. It's possible that we're involved in an angle, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's not go that far because Kevin doesn't know about this. But you oh, know, we, we, we were actually—I was gonna mention this to you. You know, I listened to your show last week with Kevin Knight as the co-host. Look, next time you need a co-host, give us a call. We'll take over if Doug's not around. You know, Kevin Knight can go do his training and stuff, and we can, you know, let let the pros handle uh, handle the busted open wrestling talk. Uh, I have to take that into consideration. <laughs> Listen, Dave, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and spending, you know, about three hours with us on the show. It, it was a uh, it was great. You know, last question this and last question that, but we really appreciate you taking out the time. And I know that, um, you know, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while, so. It's nice to have the other part of a uh, busted open. You know, I'll be listening to you guys tomorrow uh, at work. It's a it's a nice way to distract me from the last couple hours of the day. So, you know, well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you, you make it sound like you've been trying to get me on for a long time, but you asked one time, and it was like a month and a half ago for today. So, <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, you know, you, it was like you called me in July for like, you know, are, are you you're busy? Do you want to come on the show? I said yes. Yeah. So you booked me for August twenty fifth. Like it was. It was well, you know what I, it I is. <laughs> you know what it is. Honestly, it's that we we've we've been booking a lot, and I hate doing this. I hate booking stuff in advance. And I was telling Joe today, I was like, man, you know, I haven't heard from Dave in like a month. I hope he's still coming on. But you know, we had Leonard Marshall on Tuesday. Um, you know, we had Billy Gunn and the Road Dog the last couple of weeks. Like, we've had a lot of different guests, and we've just been trying to get everything in. We don't now. You guys are on three days a week. We really only have the the, the one night or two nights to kind of get all the guests in, and we wanted to make sure that when we had you on, and this isn't to kiss your fanny or anything, but we wanted to make sure that we didn't have, like, two or three guests on at the same time, and, you know, we had to rush or whatever. So 
we wanted to make sure that, that Dave LaGreca, you know, the, the more talented LaGreca brother, uh, you know, is able to, to come on and, you know, give you your, your, uh, your just uh, due, as it were. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And listen, I hope you, you know, maybe we can book you on again for uh, July of next year. You know, we, we can start yeah, working on I was going to say, I guess, you know, you want me on for your Thanksgiving special in November. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Dave, we appreciate it. Now you can go watch uh, TNA or go fall asleep, whichever you choose. Uh, you know, I, I've actually, to be honest, I've had it on this whole time. I've been, you know, watching it as I was talking to you guys. So uh, I'll just have it, I'll just be watching it with the sound up. So. Yeah, I couldn't do that because I didn't have to run to the bathroom. But listen, Dave, again, thank you so much, and hopefully we'll have you on okay. again in the future. <laughs> oh, Sounds and by great. the way, tell Doug we said hello when you when you see him tomorrow. I will. I will tell him. And why? Let me ask you this. I'm curious. How is it that you've had you know Doug on like three, four times, and then <laughs> and then finally came around to asking me to come on? Well, all right. Here's the here's the real truth. The the truth is that. I saw Doug, right? I don't know how I connected with Doug, but I ended up connecting with him. And Doug was like, yeah, I'll come on. And Doug was willing to come on right away because, you know, our show is normally at 10 o'clock. We actually moved the show up an hour to get you on the air. And that's also why it took us so long because we do every every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. And uh, I know Doug told me from the beginning, so maybe it was Doug's doing, he told me from the beginning, yeah, Dave wakes up at like 3 in the morning. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to, to do the show, but I'll talk to him. And then I, I asked him again a week or two later, and he mentioned something about you wanting to come on, but that, you know, uh, the, the money had to be right and then the time had to be right. So, you know, we had to, we had to gather up the, uh, you know, the, the money and the, the resources and things to send you a blank check. But we, we couldn't – we were working on the whole time shift thing. And I, I don't know what time you wake up, but apparently, you know, at least Doug said you wake up super early and you go to bed at like 5 in the afternoon. Uh, she's not far from the truth, but uh, for you guys, they'd make an exception. <laughs> oh, Dave! Uh, again, for the for that, this is the last time we're gonna say it. We, we we appreciate it, and and hopefully we'll have you on again in the future before the Thanksgiving special. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, Dave. Take Thanks, care. Dave. All right, buddy. Folks, that was the one and only, the icon, the legend, the man, the myth, the. Amazing, Dave LaGreca had him on for about fifty minutes. This is like the this rivals Kevin Knight as like one of the longest interviews we've ever done in the history of this program, and uh, it was just funny. It was some good stuff, and uh, we appreciate obviously Dave calling in, taking his time out. And I was honest, Joe, if we had TNA on right now in the studio, I would have been running to the bathroom vomiting every couple minutes because that absolutely is a crap fest. It is a crap fest, you are right, but it was great to have Dave LaGreca on, and I was thinking, you know, maybe at Desperate Measures, we show up, maybe we have a tag match, you know, me, you, Pure Gold versus Busted Open, that might sell some tickets. <laughs> that actually might sell some tickets, but uh, as far as I know, the IWF doesn't have any problems in selling tickets because of all the talent that they have. You know, the one question that I was going to ask him, uh, and I should have asked him, is, you know, is there anybody he sees in the IWF that, you know, he thinks might be able to make it to the big time, because... I know Kevin Knight has some big interview, uh, big interview, big announcement on Saturday about how uh, one of his guys, either a former student, is uh, is actually just got signed to the IWF, and and I'm not really sure if, if that's the case. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of we'll have to see where that goes. But um, maybe it's the guy that's on hold right now. Maybe it is. Uh, we have a caller on the line, and unfortunately, our uh, board op is not with us. So I'm just going to take this call. Uh, six. 
four six. You are live and on the air with Pure Gold. Bright lights, back in action on Pure Gold Radio. What's cooking to the ungood looking? What's going on over there, guys? <laughs> hey, Jared, let me ask you a question. Where Where are you what calling you from? Six four six. Uh, have you? you not read my bio? Have you not read my bio? I'm from New York City, brother. Get with it. Oh, okay, because uh, last I checked, it was a 201 number. I mean, I don't know if you're on the run from the cops, but we, we got multiple numbers uh, when Bright Lights calls in, so it's uh, disposable cell phones or something going on. I'm not really sure about that. Maybe you said some light first on off, there. First off, as professionals, I am ashamed that you're giving out even my area code because none of you unworthy people deserve to hear that. I don't even know where 646 is. I, where, what state is that? Is that New York? 646 means none of your business. Move on. Next question. <laughs> wow. That, that's, a, that's some good stuff there, Jared. As always, uh, you know, we appreciate uh, having you on this show. <laughs> so listen, uh, talk to us about Saturday. What's going on? Uh, I know you guys have, uh, you, still, you and Aaron Strike still have the tag titles. Are you guys booked in a tag team title match? I mean, are you defending the belts? What's going on there? Uh, Saturday, tag team titles absolutely up. Up for grabs. Uh, we have a match uh, against uh, two rookies. Can't say that myself or Stride are worried, but you never know what's going to happen here uh, at the IWF. I always say that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good show. Forget Hurricane Irene. I'm so sick and tired of people worried about Hurricane Irene. Whether it's coming Saturday or Sunday, people, it's rain, it's wind, get inside. Just come to the show Saturday. That's what matters. Uh, you know, I never disappoint. Aaron Stride never disappoints. And two rookies going in there. They got a lot of energy. They got a lot of fire. It's still going to be some work for us. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be a good show regardless. I mean, that's what IWF puts out. Now, there's a, there's a time change, no? Isn't it uh, It's going to be at 6 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock? Uh, time change will be an hour early. So I believe the doors will be open at 6, and the uh, show will start, I believe, 6.30 rather than 7 and 7.30. And that's just for everyone else's safety. Okay. So I guess Irene no, but, is more of a worry than your opponents on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. I'm more worried about getting my hair wet than I am about this, uh, you know, than about this match. But that's irrelevant. Um, you know, besides our match, I mean, it's going to be a good show all around, and I'm excited to see what goes down with the other titles. You have, you know, Craig Stagg, the German menace, going up against Flex Freeman, who we know too much about. And you know that's going to be a that's going to be a good match. I can't wait to see how they work, uh, you know, in the ring together. That should be a, quite a show in itself. Hey, hey Jared, and, uh, let me ask you a question: Where exactly are you? I hear trucks going on in the background. I mean, I know you're not going to disclose your location, but are are you like in a prison yard or something? Because I, I hear all kinds of noise going on back there. You <laughs> you just won't stop. You just won't say, you, 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 I'm trying to be nice, I'm trying to be respectful, but you're going to get me going, and I'm about to flip the switch, so to speak, and I'm going to start on you, bro. Why can't you let Joe ask the question? Joe, Joe's over here laughing his tail off and, and, and trying to, you know, gather his thoughts and compose himself. So, Joe, you know, in deference to our guest, who, you know, we have the honor and the privilege, folks, for those of you listening, of having the one and only bright light Jarrett Foster, the crown jewel of, of the IWS. He's with us, folks, and you know what that means, Joe. You can you can tell the audience what that means. It means rain just went up a hundred percent. Thank you very much. Thank you. At least you guys know exactly where you stand when I come on the show. Obviously, where I go, the buzz goes, guys. But you're gonna have to ask some better questions. And by the way, I will not 
be a part of. One more question before we go. One more question before we go. One more question before we go. I'll end the conversation much sooner than you have a chance to say that 16 times, Dave. Get well, with it, bro. You know what? You know what it is? It's just that uh, when I originally spoke to uh, our guest, I, I didn't think we would, be, we would be able to have him on for as long as we did. So, you know, I figured this guy goes to bed at 6 in the afternoon, 7 in the afternoon. I'm like, all right, well, he's going to be on this for a couple minutes. So when I originally posed it, it ended up turning into a running joke, but we would never do that to someone of your caliber, Jared. I mean, you're Dave, just... I can't believe I can't believe you just wasted the last fifteen seconds retelling that same story you just told ten minutes ago. Joe, you wanna you wanna step in here before you know things get ugly? Jared, tell me what you think about what they're doing with the rise of the tag teams in the WWE. Do you think it's a wise decision to bring these singles guys into? And make it, them into a tag team, and make the tag team division an important, you know, an important topic on Raw. You know, uh, the, the the tag team situation on Raw is just pitiful to begin with. I don't know what they're going to do to try and and save the tag team division. Uh, the, you know, the sad part about it is I think they have the most beautiful belt uh, that the tag team has ever seen in WWE. I mean, just from what I've known from from me watching wrestling. Uh, but bringing guys in who really have little experience working together and throwing them in. I mean, right now, who are the tag champions right now? Uh, Kofi and Evan Co- just won Co- the titles. Kofi and Evan. I mean, yeah, the energy's there. They're fan favorites. They're great baby faces. They're out there. Everyone knows their name. It makes sense. But how many times have we seen them tag? I think it was two weeks, and then they won the title. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was no, there's no, there's no feuds. Nothing means anything. They're just throwing people, you know, throwing people all over the place. The tag team titles have changed hands like every other month in WWE, and the last to hold it, which to me, I start getting, I feel disrespected for the business. I know it's their business, but I feel disrespected for the business when you see people like David Otunga coming in and winning a tag title. You know, Heath Slater coming in and winning a tag title. I get if you're going to give a guy a push, give him a title, but I think it's got to be well-deserved, and it's got to be someone who's going to bring the company in money because the guys with the belts are the guys who should be bringing in the most money for the company. Hence, no, I, we talked about... Go ahead. No, I, I agree with that, actually. Um, that's a really good point because I was, for some odd reason, I have no idea why, but I was actually thinking about that today, and I, and I don't know, Joe, we can ask you that question, but I was thinking about Heath Slater, I was thinking about the Nexus, I was thinking about the core, whatever you want to call it, and how that all turned out. And they literally took guys who nobody cares about, other than maybe a Wade Barrett, for example, or Justin Gabriel, because he can do a 450 splash, threw these guys together, made them a tag team, gave them titles, and there was no push. Now, there's a kid who goes to your events. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what his name is, but I remember the last event I went to, he was going nuts. He had, like, the core shirts. He was telling me that Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel are the greatest tag team champions of all time. I mean, I almost puked on the kid, but, um, you know, I digress. <laughs> In terms of in terms of tag teams, and this is something I'd like you to answer. How did you and Aaron Stride come together? Were you two singles wrestlers? Because uh, the first time I saw you, you were in singles competition. Were you just two singles wrestlers thrown together, or was there a story that brought you guys together? Well, I mean, on a smaller scale, which is what we are. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have as much as an effect when you throw two guys together. But we're thrown together, uh, not really by chance, more by uh, fate, I would say. I mean, you look at both of our characters, um, you know, he's the God's gift. I'm bright light. And, you know, I honestly believe, I don't care who's listening or what opinions you have, we are what we do. 
and I, I think it's hard for anybody else to say that, but when you put those cocky, arrogant, over-the-top characters together, there's no way it can't work. We feed well off of each other. You know, we go back and forth. It fits. It's funny. We're great in the ring. We work well together. And, you know, that was, a, that was the mind of, you know, the people at IWF who put this together and said, this is going to work. And obviously we were down to the idea right off the get-go because we get along, we work well together, everything I just said. But, you know, to come and watch it, you guys haven't seen us as a tag team yet, but whether it's promos or pictures or in-ring ability, that's what a tag team should be. You know, and, and I think that people started noticing that right off the bat. We've gotten booked on two other outside, uh, you know, independents already just from people looking at our photos and just hearing what the gimmick is in itself. And I think that's what speaks for itself. So coming together as far as the tag team, it's got to work. People have to click, and they have to have something to offer to the fans. I mean, uh, you throw guys together that don't mean a thing. Again, just look at the WWE situation in translation. It's not going to work. It's not going to make sense. And talking about, you know, throwing stuff down people's throats, uh, Kevin Nash, I spoke to Kevin Nash uh, recently, and, you know, he said a great thing to me that I think really does stick with everything WWE tries to do, uh, what they were trying to do, which is, you know, you throw enough crap down someone's throat, what's going to happen? They're just going to throw it up. You know, it's not going to be able to settle. It's not going to be able to sink in, and it's not going to, you know, rest in their stomach, so to speak, as far as the analogy is what he said. And it's really true. That's what WWE does. They're throwing guys down your throat you don't care about. It's making you sick. You're throwing it up, and you're not caring, and you're changing the channel. And the idea would be like what we do at IWF and what WWE is starting to do now is it's, you know, starting to let things settle, let people really follow characters and follow storylines that are starting to make sense to where they want to emotionally get involved. They want to spend their money on it. Um, so, I mean, who's, who's to say? But uh, as far as myself and Aaron Stride go, I think that, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We speak, we, we speak for ourselves. Well, that's why I brought up the whole tag team division in WWE because I thought you two guys were single guys put together, just like you're doing with the wannabe, you know, bright lights, a.k.a. The Miz, and (laughs) R-Truth. So, I mean, you look like like, they're mimicking uh, of you guys. Well, now, I mean, same idea. I love love that analogy of how he is a wannabe bright lights. Um, But off that, I mean, but now think about what they're doing there. Now, you're taking... One guy who's a great talker, The Miz, there's no doubt about it, he's one of the best on the mic, I think, in the company now. And you have the other guy, R-Truth, who, com- you know, c- you know comedy-wise, because he knows what he is, comedy-wise, it works so well together. And since the first time, I don't remember if you were watching Raw about a month ago, when they were all in the ring, I think it was Christian, maybe not Christian, it was R-Truth, The Miz, and they just kept doing their catchphrases back and forth. It might have been one of the most entertaining segments I saw on Raw in a long time, and that's why they would pair them up together. Now, you pair them up together, but they're not just throwing them into a match. They've already now come out and done two promos, uh, you know, together. So now people are seeing the connection. They're believing in this conspiracy against them, so it works. They're not just throwing them together. They're building up, you know, a little bit of a storyline, more than David Otunga and McGillicuddy. Um, uh, they're really building in a storyline there, and now it's going to start to evolve into a tag team. Whether it goes that way or not, that's the thing about WWE. They might have something golden right in front of them, and they'll just split them up tomorrow to one of them to fight Cena because it'll make no sense. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you, you could say the same thing for any wrestling promotion. I mean, something like that could even happen over at the IWF where, you know, they may split you guys up on Saturday for no reason and then have you go in separate directions. You mentioned uh, Chris Jericho and, and uh, well, now you mentioned uh, The Miz and, you know, you guys are talking about that now. When you mentioned yourself and Aaron Stride a, a minute or two ago, it made me think about how the WWE put Chris Jericho and The Miz together. Now, that didn't last long. They were a great combination because they're very similar. I mean, the Miz is, is a lot like Chris Jericho in a sense. So my question is, do you see something like that happening with you and uh, and Aaron, where two guys are put together similar, you know, in terms of uh, personalities and stuff, whatever the case is, and then blowing up in the maybe in the short term because it's just two, you know, what is it that you have two opposing forces or two forces of the same mass can't occupy the same space type of thing, where you guys the egos may get in the way, and since you're so similar. You might blow up into a you know a little feud. Well, I mean, you know, on the topic, I mean, if if, if somebody's too similar, then it's kind of like looking at the same guy, uh, which I, I agree with what you're saying. But at the same time, I think we're just as we're just different enough to where people can definitely separate the characters. People can definitely separate the wrestlers. You know, God's gift, Aaron Stride, he still comes to the ring with his own vibe, his own walk, his own his own energy, he has the long hair, he does everything very slow and methodical, where myself, I come out with the blinking bright bright light, light up jacket, I have short hair, I'll always have short hair paired with him because I want to look different uh, than he does, um, you know, and I'll wear the singlet, he'll wear the, you know, it, it, we, we do think a lot about what we do together as a tag team, and that will, uh, that shows, you know, we do have separate characters we do have and, and that comes off in our promos and our pictures i might look more cocky he might look more um you know uh made up and and uh feminine but that's just what we do as far as you know to give that contrast between the characters and that's why it works well because while we feed off each other we both give each other credit for what we do and what we're known for he'll mention the bright lights and i'll mention him being god's gift uh, right but Let me, but with, with with that at the same time, all good things must come to an end. So I'm not leaving out the possibility of someone stepping on my toes like Aaron Stride. You know, <laughs> that that could happen. I'm not going to say it, but for right now, we're going to ride it as long as we can because you know the good thing is working. All right. Now my last question to you, Bright Lights, is that you mentioned Kevin Nash. I know this is way off topic, but you mentioned Kevin Nash talking to him. Did he? You could cut a, a pure goal exclusive right here. I mean, and you know, a range will really go through. Did Kevin let you know what's going on with that pole angle? Uh, I will let you know that I did talk to him about his return to the WWE, but that's all I'll let you know about. Uh, that conversation was confidential, but I think what they are doing with him and what they're going to do with him uh, is exactly what we need uh, as far as wrestling fans and people who watch. Uh, a little bit of a taste of the oldies to bring up the, you know, the guys that are current now, and that's what, you know, TNA tried to do, but I, I think failed that, and... Uh, WWE is going to start doing that more often. And first, you know, first case scenario here now with Kevin Nash, you're going to see more of Kevin Nash, and I think it'll be good because they're not just putting him out there as Diesel, having him, you know, give someone the power bomb for no reason and leave like they did uh, at the what was it the uh, the Rumble? Was it the yeah, yeah. What was the last one he was on? Yeah, well, you know, the Rumble, yeah. I think it was it was the Rumble, and, and then we didn't see him for a while. Uh, so they're going to start doing that, but for reasons that make sense, and I'm glad to see that Kevin Nash is back, even for 
the time that he'll be back. Uh, but no, I, I won't give you any more information, Joe. Don't don't even try it. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, speaking of exclusives and whatnot, um, you guys have the, this event on Saturday, Desperate Measures. Um, you know, I know we, we kind of cut you off before in the middle of promoting it, but what else is going on? You mentioned your tag team match against two jobbers. You mentioned the... Uh, um, they're not it? two jobbers. You know, in all fairness, wait before we move on. They're not two jobbers. They're, you know, up-and-coming guys that have been making an impact. Uh, if I'll me- you know, I have to mention their names just simply because for them to get a title match against us, they have to be doing the right thing. So in all fairness, All-Star Austin Williams and the Jersey Jewel Stephen Sterling they want a shot at our titles. They feel they can do it together. It obviously will be a great match. So to give them, you know, fair credit, they've been working their asses off. Uh, you know, those are their names, and that's going to be the match, not just two jobbers. Uh, I think, it's, you know, uh, we have to give credit where credit is due. I forgot that you and Aaron are the jobbers. My mistake. I uh, I don't mean to insult, you know, uh, I don't mean to insult the other guys. Um well, I think you're insulting your own intelligence by saying we're jobbers, but clearly we have the tag titles. We'll move on. Yeah, moving right along. What else is going on at the event? What other matches are there going to be other than a pure gold a chair shot to you? What What else might be going on at the event? Any other, um, you know, either announcements or the types of things, you know, the, the fans can get into and, and uh, might want to go check it out, uh, you know, braving the storm and, you know, the possibility of getting caught in a hurricane to go see you and uh, your lineup jacket. Well, I mean, obviously, I am the show, Aaron Stride. We are the show. So that should get them excited enough. But if it doesn't, like I said, you have uh, one of the biggest guys that I've ever been in the ring with, Flex Freeman. He's going to be there, like I said, with Craig Stagg. That's going to be one to see. I don't care who you are or what you do in wrestling. Come down and check that out. I'm going to be watching just so, you know, you know, these are the situations where I wish I had a, uh, we had a money in the bank at IWF because I would run out there and steal the show once again and take one of them out properly, um, you know, to end, to end the event. But we don't. So with that being said, I'm going to look and see, you know, who my next target's going to be. Maybe maybe Stag will then, the roles will reverse and be a double champion like Flex just was. Or, or maybe Flex will come out on top. I think the, un, the unknown is what's exciting about that match. Uh, besides that, um, IWF, I'm going to say legends because they've been there so long. Uh, Travis Blake, self-made Travis Blake takes on, you know, Chris Steeler. That's going to be a good match in itself. The guys, the guys both know wrestling, you know, like the back of their hands, uh, and, and they've been working together for years. It, that's going to be an exciting match, hands down. Um, I, I would check that out for, for sure. And the other one, that, which, which is more of a comical thing to me, but I think is going to be absolutely hilarious, and I say absolutely because you have absolutely Edwin taking on Jana uh, in a special challenge match, but I don't know what that means as far as a challenge, but just to see Jana kick the crap out of Edwin is going to make my night. That's for sure. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, since you mentioned that, uh, we were actually, I was actually just speaking with her, I think yesterday, about possibly getting her on the show. Uh, really, we haven't, we haven't had any female wrestlers or, you know, to get their perspective on the business. I mean, we've had you on, we've had Flex, uh, we're going to have uh, Larry Lawson and, uh, and Craig Stagg in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we, we've obviously had some other former WDB guys, but we've never had a female um, on the show in terms of a, of a wrestler. Now, with Jana, she, according to what she told me, she's basically the only female wrestler in the uh, in the IWF. Now, is that? do you have any clues? That's something that maybe Kevin might be looking to expound upon because there has to be a female audience out there. I know a lot of the people who go to the IWF events are women because, you know, I've been there. Um, 
you know, cheering you guys on or booing you or whatever the case. Are, are, is there any plans to possibly have a women's division in the IWF? You know, for a while when I first started at IWF uh, and got involved, I think there were about four or five women that were there. But, like, you know, I would say, like, all indie places, I mean, unless it's the women, you know, you have the, I think, what is it, women of wrestling, and there's a lot of indies out there that have just women. That's yeah. really where you see on the, that's really on the indies where you see women succeed because they go to that one place because it, it's tough to train and be around, I, I would assume, and be around, uh, 98% male locker rooms and, and really try to shine through and, and, and do your own thing. And, you know, for Jana, she was in it when wrestling, indie wrestling was booming and got her training, so she's just stayed with it because she's committed. I've seen many women come and go that we've tried, you know, to train and work with, uh, and then they, they're here today, gone tomorrow, and I think that's just because that's the nature of wrestling business. Girls think that they'll come in, train to be a diva and be in WWE in three months because they have a nice butt. But, you know, sadly, sadly it doesn't work like that. Although you might think so by watching the divas on WWE. That, that's uh, true. Like they have no experience. But, no, I mean, I think it's just a hard thing. I would love to see more, you know, female wrestling in IWS. But at the same time, what do we all hate when it comes on TV? Female wrestling. You know, you- I, I know that's the most... That's the main time everybody goes to the bathroom, and that's the main time I go to the bathroom when I'm sitting in my house watching Raw, you know, just because it's like, oh, God. But you know what, though, Jared? That's also because of the fact that it's so bad. I mean, I remember, and I'm sure you remember this, too, as a wrestling fan, there was a time where Alita and Trish Stratus main evented a Monday Night Raw in a cage match. I mean, that was an amazing match, and, and they were able to put on a great show. And, yeah, unfortunately, women's wrestling doesn't draw in terms of the big companies, but... It is a nice change of pace. It's something different. They seem to have some semi-story going on with the Divas, but when you have women like Kelly Kelly who can't wrestle worth a lick, I have no wrestling training at all, and I'm sure that I could pull off better moves than she could um, just from watching right. it and being a fan. You know, but you, you give her the butterfly title. I mean, it's like you said, the women out there, let's say someone like a John or even someone like Alicia, for example, who, you know, another person we're trying to get on the show, uh, women who can wrestle, women who can go, the average woman may look at my wife looks at wrestling and she goes, you know, what is this trash that comes on the on the screen? You know, when the women come up and it's just their eye candy and nothing more. And like you said, and I try to explain this to her and she doesn't get it. We do take bathroom breaks when that comes up. You you literally watch pay per views. You see the people flock out of the arena when the women's title matches come up because nobody cares about them. And my wife doesn't get it. She thinks that the you know people are just perverts, but. That's not even the case. I don't even watch it. Joe doesn't watch it. None of us do. We just leave and, like you said, you know, go uh, go drop one while that while that's happening. Right, right. I mean, it's a tough situation. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to get you off topic with uh, uh, the female wrestling, but I, I obviously I am the man of all media, and I'm getting uh, emails right now from the executives IWS. So I have to break the news here live on Pure Gold, but it seems that our Desperate Measures Day 2 event for this Saturday has been postponed due to the fear of weather. Oh, wow. That is an, that is an exclusive here on Pure Gold, folks. For those of you listening, uh, Jared just said, unfortunately, the event has been postponed. Do you know when it's been postponed to? Has that been mentioned? For, uh, for what I believe is the show will just be uh, taking place in September for our September, first week of September shows. So everybody who bought tickets, just so if you're listening or if you hear it on Twitter uh, or our website, anybody who bought tickets, they will be good for the first show in September. Uh, but for right now, I guess safety is the uh, obviously the first concern, and I, and I think I'm going to have to agree with that decision. As much as I was 
excited to go out there and uh, do my thing, it seems that we're going to have to postpone them. And now, when would the next event be? Because you guys are going on a, what is it, bi-monthly basis, uh, twice, a, twice a month? Well, yeah, we're doing it twice a month. I believe in September, though, uh, we are only having one show. So you're going to have to come down uh, to Fall Brawl, which is September 24th. September 24th, and I believe that is the same show, from what I'm told, it is the same show as uh, Tito Santana and uh, Jim Powers. So, I mean, that, that's going to be, maybe, maybe as fate would have it, it's all going to be, uh, it's all going to come out well on September 24th. So, Night of Legends, Fall Brawl, September 24th, 7.30 p.m. We will have our match, and, you know, uh, we're going to have to postpone it. This, this Hurricane Irene has now put a damper on my weekend. Not a problem, I'll get booked and do other things, but, you know, for these other guys, I feel terrible. What are they going to do with themselves? You mentioned uh, you mentioned that you're booked on two other promotions. What what uh, promotions are they? I believe that's none of your business. Uh, in, in, in time, in time you will see oh where the promotion. In, in time you will see the proper the proper promoting of these promotions. I don't just just throw it all out there for you, Dave. I don't. I can't just do that and give you everything. When the time is right, I will let all of my followers, fans, Foster Flakes, whatever you may call them know where and when they can see me. But as for right now, you just worry about me and the IWF. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Even though you basically put it out there on on Twitter, so that's the only reason I mentioned it. But, uh, you know, Jarrett, we uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on. By the way, any I relation- don't believe you, you, aren't, you aren't really going to end this conversation so soon, are you? Well, um, Joe, Joe's over here, uh, you know, telling me that. Uh, Joe, I think- hey, Joe, Joe, what are you, Joe, what are you, falling asleep already, bro? Get a Red Bull. Get a Red Bull. You have bright lights. You don't have him often. All right, fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respectfully say maybe the time is now to end the conversation. But I want to hear that last, that last question from Dave. You want to hear the last question? Well, the last question is, when are you gonna stop running your mouth, and when there are you go. gonna man up? When are you gonna, you know, we're gonna go to the next IWF event. Let me just tell you that we're gonna see you. We're gonna go there. We're gonna have our pure gold shirts on since this Saturday it's canceled. We're gonna be there at the next event. What I wanna know is, are you gonna be man enough? Are you gonna have the guts to come up to us face to face, shake our hands, say, "Hey guys, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It's it's good to see you. It's I'm glad that you're here. You guys are, you know, best are." radio show out there, the best wrestling sports talk and entertainment. You guys are, I mean, what am I going to hear from you when I see you in person? That's what I want to know. Well, first off, I'm not a lying man, so I won't go up there and tell you that you're the best in radio, so I won't lie to you. You know, don't expect that. I'll be very honest with you. If I don't slap you in the face at the first, you know, first greet, uh, you're lucky if I even look in your direction. Um, Just make sure you have your camera ready, as I'll always say. Uh, I don't know if I'll have time to say hello to you. That's the thing. You got me now. That's why I say utilize the time. When you see me at the event, you're going to realize I'm going to be very busy. I'm going to be doing my thing. I'm worrying about my light-up jacket. I'm worrying about my light-up glasses. I'm worrying about making sure that all the fans there get exactly the dose of foster they need. I need to make sure they get their fill. And don't worry, yourself and Joe, that you guys will get your fill. I promise you that. You come to a show, come to the September show, you guys are about as old as Tito Santana, so come on down and check out Tito, San- Tito Santana and, and, and check him out. Check out Jim Powers. You'll be able to check out Bright Life. I think it's going to be an all-around great month 
for IWF, and maybe even for Pure Gold. Hey, maybe. Speak, speaking of Tito Santana, uh, maybe you can put in a good word for for him, and uh, maybe we can get him on this show. What do you think, Jared? I have absolutely zero contact with Tito Santana. I got two him? words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. <laughs> what, about, what about when you see him at the event and say, hey, you know, it's on this great show. I mean, these guys had me on. You know, this is – you don't have to lie as you, as you talk about, but, I mean, come on. This is – you wouldn't come on this I'm, show. I, I might be able to put in a good word. I, I Listen, I do very well with people. Half of the game here in wrestling is politics, and trust me, I can politic my butt off. So I might be able to make it happen for you, Dave. I might be able to. I don't understand, though. Is there a mute button on Joe's mic? No, Joe is just here. He's looking at his phone. He's getting messages. I mean, he's totally out of the game. The guy who normally does our sports update is giving him, you know, anticipation that he just heard from somebody who's somebody who's, you know, baby mama is in charge of something. Apparently a big wig in the state of New Jersey that they're going to be evacuating the uh, the, the coast or something to that effect. Now, I'm not really sure what's going on, but Joe, Joe's over here. He, he, he's preoccupied, Jared. I'm over here trying to carry a two-man show with, with one and a half men, you being the half. And Joe's over here just goofing off. You, you, listen, you couldn't handle me if you had a 15-man team. Get with it. Here's the thing. With the conversation ending, I'm going to say one thing. Everyone out there who's listening, anybody out there who listens maybe a week later, at Bright Lights JF on Twitter. Follow me. Look for the updates. Look at the ongoing conversations back and forth with at Pure Gold PG and at Pure Gold whoever cares about the guy named Dave. And, and keep following me because things are happening with me. We'll touch base. And, you know, maybe if you're lucky, I'll break the news to you guys first. But Bright Lights has big things in the works. Not just wrestling promotions, but in the wrestling business. Big things in the works. And I promise you're not going to want to miss it. Listen, all I could say is you. I know you guys have this thing trending on uh, on Twitter, the guys at the IWF. I don't have the exact clip, but this is as close as what it gets. This is what I think of, uh, this is what we think of Bright Lights. You make us all sick! Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Listen, oh, I, that is great. I wish I could say we appreciate you coming on, but like you said, can't lie. Uh, but, you know, thanks for taking some time out and, and talking to us and, you know, basically uh, lowering the ratings on the show. We're not going to see you Saturday, but we'll see you soon, sooner than you think, Mr. Foster. I appreciate the time, guys. Keep doing your thing. And uh, obviously, just judging by the previous guests and being able to get Bright Lights booked, uh, you know, twice here, you guys are doing good things and uh, getting ratings, which uh, obviously that's why I'm a part of it. But, uh, yeah, I'll I'll definitely see you guys soon. So just for the record, canceled show on Saturday. Come out and check us out uh, in September at IWF over there in Woodland Park, New Jersey. But you guys uh, be safe and uh, don't go dying on me. All right, Bright Lights. Listen, I just got one last message for you. This is from us here at Pure Gold. To you. Have some guts! Show some guts! Guts here! <laughs> Have a and good in closing, and you two, in closing, you both make me sick. Goodbye. <laughs> Folks, that was the one and only, the incomparable, the man, the myth, legend, Bright Lights, Jared Foster. You know, DJ, when we, when we, when we truly say we talk about anything, everything, and tell it like it is. And, you know, I'm getting these texts from TJ here, Todd Johnstone, our sports update guy. And when I read some of this stuff about, like, tomorrow, an unprecedented evacuation of the New Jersey coastline of the counties east of the Gar State Parkway, including Cape May, Atlantic, Ocean, and possibly Monmouth County, the storm is expected to be catastrophic 
this storm has a chance to be worse than Floyd, Hurricane Gloria, and I believe one other hurricane was really big in the Northeast. But this hurricane has the potential to cause catastrophic damage. Obviously, we, we pray for everybody in that area. We pray that, you know, the things not be as bad as they seem to, you know, we always get these terrible news and these terrible events. Sometimes things don't even happen. Sometimes nothing happens. We, we can hope that nothing happens. But as you, you heard it here first, first folks, on Pure Gold, uh, you know, Joe mentioning the, uh, the evacuation of those four counties, the possibility, the likelihood of that. And then, of course, the fact that the IWF event was canceled. So we will not see Dave LaGreca on Saturday. We will not see Jared Foster on Saturday. Thank God for that. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll see Tino Santana somewhere. We're not sure. Possibly at a hair salon of some sort. But, folks, this has been Pure Gold. Uh, as always, this truly is, regardless of what Jared says, the greatest show on the Internet. Um, you know, I'm not going to – Busted Open is a great show. You know, they've got the serious thing. We've got the Internet thing combined. We make an amazing team. Of course, we'd like to thank Dave LaGreca for coming on. He was an amazing guest, uh, one of our longer guests, and just, you know, great, great guy. You know, one last question, Dave, one last question. Uh, thank you to uh, Jared Foster for coming on. Uh, of course, you, the listening audience, be safe this weekend. Remember, take care and spike your hair. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it P. G. Good night, everyone. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold.